0: theologian Karl Barth is credited with telling young theologians to take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both. Another version quotes him as saying to preach with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And What he meant by this was to be prepared to speak into current situations and to bring the truth of Scripture to, to what is going on in the world around us and so i hope in some small way to do that today so let's pray together heavenly father i want to pray now for uh, your presence and your help as we look at this subject today we pray god that your word would come alive to us and you would help us to understand your heart we ask it in jesus name Amen. Amen. So I want to respond to the cruel death last week of George Floyd, a 46-year-old African-American who died at the hands of a police officer in Minneapolis. Now, my guess is that most of you would have seen the horrific video of the white police officer now dismissed and charged with murder with his knee on Floyd's neck, while George Floyd himself is is held to the floor, unable to breathe, crying out that he can't breathe and pleading for his life. This horrific act goes on for eight minutes and 46 seconds. He keeps saying, I can't breathe and pleads for the officer to get off. After about six minutes, he becomes unresponsive. For another nearly three minutes, the officer's knee remains in place. Meanwhile, other officers stand around, allowing this to happen. Friends, this made me so angry, so upset, so distraught. I wanted to write something last week to to blog about it, but i just couldn't find the words i couldn't put into into words what i felt in my heart and to express it of course what made the whole event so much more horrific was the fact it was a white police officer slowly suffocating a black man Now, I can't begin to understand what was going on in his mind. This was not the instant reaction of putting a gun on on a crazed machete-waving attacker, defending yourself in the moments. George Floyd was on the floor in handcuffs, and his apparent crime was using a fake $20 bill. To me, this looked like a racially motivated attack. I'm sure most of you would have come to the same conclusion seeing it, that it had racism at its very core and very hot. And the trouble is, this is not the first instance of something like this. It's not the first incident of its kind. There are too many examples of this type of behavior. And before we quickly say, well, that was in the US and we're in the UK, things are different here. Actually, things are not so different here. And so today, I want to stand with our black brothers and sisters and say, this is not okay. This is not right. I want to add my voice to those who are crying out for justice, who are calling for a more equal and fairer society. We have to do better. We must do better. Now, it's it's worth saying that I'm pleased the police officers involved were quickly dismissed and no longer serving officers. Uh, I think as of today, one has been charged with second degree murder and the other three with aiding and abetting murder. But one of the reasons that I didn't say anything last week, and I think one of the reasons I struggled to put into words what I felt in my heart was there was part of me that was fearful of saying the wrong thing. What if I cause what if I say something and, and cause offense to the very people that I want to stand up for? What if my language or tone is somehow insensitive or wrong in some way? Well, friends, if my language or tone is is wrong, inappropriate, unhelpful, then please help me get it right. I don't pretend to be an expert in these things, but I do want to learn. And, you know, if the worst that will happen to me is that I need to apologise and learn some lessons on language and culture, then that's nowhere near as bad as what is happening time and again to our black brothers and sisters who are losing their lives, who are scared to go out, who daily face the evil of racism. You know, I struggled for words. George Floyd struggled for breath. You know, the gospel is a radical call to reconciliation. God reconciles us to himself through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 17 to 19 say this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. But the gospel not only reconciles us to God, it reconciles us to each other. It breaks down dividing walls and calls people together the Bible is very clear in the church there is to be no division along the lines of any race or color or background or education or anything that you might think would divide people. The church should be different. Now in New Testament times there was hostility between Jews and Gentiles. So Paul wrote this to the Ephesian church. He says this Ephesians chapter 2. Therefore Remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to you who are near. For through him we have both access to the Father by one Spirit. Some translations put the phrase in there about God making one new man in Christ. So I want to say this really clearly there is no room for racism of any kind in God's church we are committed to Jubilee and Burton Family Church being a safe place for people of any race any color and we will do whatever it takes to root out racism from our own hearts or from the church wherever we see it this, mo- this morning today is a start. But it's not the end of speaking on this subject. We'll we'll come back to it again. We will need to come back to it again. But let me be abundantly clear. Not just in the church, but in society at large, racism in any form is wrong. It's evil. It needs to be called out and stood against. Now, I know that I've had a white privileged upbringing, I grew up in a white, middle-class area of Kent. It wasn't very diverse, certainly not in in any way multicultural. But now where we're living in the city of Derby, right in the heart of the UK, it's a vibrant, multicultural city with people from many different backgrounds and nationalities. I, I love that. It's wonderful. You know, if we can truly build a multicultural church here, it's gonna reflect God's heart. It can be a picture of what it will be like at the end of time. The book of Revelation describes how on that final day, there'll be people from every tribe, every tongue, every people group there worshiping Jesus. Revelation seven, John says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. People from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, every colour, every background, every race, standing there together, worshipping Jesus that's how it's going to be on that final day and we get a chance to build a community like that right now here in the places where we are just in case you're not convinced yet let let me remind you of what jesus said to his disciples matthew 28 verse 19 jesus says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit All nations, all peoples, every language, every culture. Again, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We get that phrase time and again in scripture because God's heart is for a, have a, to have a people from every nation, every background, every culture. The gospel crosses every divide, every barrier. The gospel literally crossed divides of oceans and seas into different nations, different languages, different cultures. It did in New Testament times, and it still does today even now Peter got it right when he said this in Acts chapter 10 he said I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right men and women from every nation who fear him you know I I, I thought for a long time that when God brought people together colour was not relevant or not important. I would have said about myself, well, I don't see colour, I just see a person. Now, whilst there is some good in that, some truth in it, the reality is that you're left with a rather poor, monochrome expression of something which is meant to be multicoloured and beautiful. Now, increasingly, I'm seeing that God wants to bring together peoples of all colour, all backgrounds, And allow them to express that, express their colour, their heritage, their background, their identity, their worship together in order that there may be a glorious, multicoloured, multicultural expression of his heart for peoples everywhere. Friends, if you identify as a person of colour or a member of the black, Asian or minority ethnic community, then we want you to be who God has made you to be. Not some dull down, monochrome photocopy of that. Be who you are. Be who God has made you to be. We want you to express your worship, your creativity. You being you. I think too that in the past I would have said, you know what, but, but I'm not racist. Well, that's fine, but it's not enough. I'm now learning that I need not only to be not racist, I need to be anti-racist. Now, I'm very aware that there are lots of things about this subject that I don't understand. Lots of things about issues of race and diversity that I'm just beginning to learn. Even this message is only beginning to touch the subject. It's not a preach that I've been preparing and studying for for months. These are just my initial thoughts and reaction to a terrible crime that we witnessed just last week on our television screens. It's me trying to address a subject where I feel way out of my depth, but I know that I need to stand up and to speak out. It's us as a church family saying, this is not okay, and we will not stand for it. My friend, Toppy Collioso, who leads a large, vibrant church in North London, spoke about this last week. He quoted Martin Luther King in saying that injustice anywhere threatens justice everywhere. This is an injustice that we're standing against and saying this has to stop. So as we finish, what should we do? What should our reaction be? What, what, what can we do about these things? Well, here are a few of my thoughts, a, a starter, if you like. Firstly, determine to root out racism wherever we see it. And friends, the place where it starts is in our heart. We first need to examine our own hearts. Is there any seed of racism there that we need to repent of? and get rid of. Let's start with ourselves and then let's move on to determine to root out racism wherever we see it. Next we should stand up for the afflicted, the oppressed, whenever we can. Whenever there's an opportunity to stand up for somebody who is in that uh, sort of group or afflicted or oppressed, the vulnerable may be, we need to stand with them and for them. Add our voice to theirs. And let's not be afraid to call out racism when we see it. You know, Even if the only thing that you can say is, that's awful, that's racist. Maybe in your workplace or uh, in your community. Even if it's only that you can say, then say that. Don't be afraid to call it out when you see it. Let's make sure that we're making Jubilee and Burton Family Church a safe place for people of any race, any color, any backgrounds, any language, any nationality. And let's actively seek to build vibrant, multicultural churches that really reflect God's heart. We need to read about this subject as well, read around about it, learn from others who have more to teach us in this area. If you're a Christian, I would recommend Ben Lindsay's book, We Need to Talk About Race. Uh, I recommended it last summer, at devoted at our summer Bible camp. Uh, I read it just before uh, the event last, last year, as soon as it was published. It's a fantastic book, I'd encourage you to read that. And finally, But by no means least, we need to pray. We need to pray and ask God for his help. We need to pray and ask him to move in our nation and in other nations. We need to pray and ask for peace. And we need to pray for our cities and the communities where we live. Now I know we need to explore all these things in more detail. Uh, I know we've only skimmed the subject today. We can't do it all in one message, but this is a start. It's if you like an overview, it's a beginning. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray today that firstly you would examine, you would help us to examine our own hearts. Father, if there's any seed of racism in in us, then today we repent and pray you'd help us to deal with it. Lord, today we commit ourselves to stand against racism and to stand for your gospel and your reconciliation. Help us to be those who bring peace. Help us to be those who stand against racism and bring the peace of your gospel. Lord, as we begin this journey, as we learn things together, we pray that you would help us and be with us, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Listening to this Jubilee Church podcast? Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk, or come along on any Sunday morning.